Good morning, dear brothers and sisters. Happy Lord's Day. Merry Christmas. We're into the Christmas season now, and things are quite different than usual, but we're not letting that stop us with having our Sunday sermons, our Monday devotions, our Wednesday devotions, and special music. And next Sunday, our speaker will be our brother Brad Dahl. He'll bring the message from God's Word. And the last two Sundays on the 20th and on the 27th, our dear brother Adel will be speaking. Pray for him. The Lord will strengthen him and encourage him and use him. And we're going to have special music on the 20th by the children and by the worship team. And it's going to be a great blessing, and we look forward to that. Also, on the 18th, which is a Friday night, we're going to have a virtual puppet show with some music also. So that's going to be great as well. So keep that in mind. Right now, uh, the COVID-19 virus is really out of control right now, and the restrictions and the lockdowns, and things are getting worse and worse, but we're trusting in the Lord, because as the world gets worse and worse, our Lord Jesus Christ to us gets better and better, and we trust in him, and he's going to use all these circumstances for our good. Shall we just look to the Lord in a word of prayer this morning? And we also want to just thank Jenny for that beautiful song on the rose. Our, our Lord Jesus Christ is like a beautiful rose to us, fragrant and sweet, and we thank him for dying for us on the cross. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your Son, your well-beloved Son, your unique Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, our Redeemer and our Savior and our King. And Lord, we just pray that you will quiet our hearts before you now and speak to us in clear and, and present language, Lord. Please touch our hearts. Please guide me by the Holy Spirit, Lord, and give me power and unction from on high. Pray that you'll hide me behind the cross, Lord, that the words that are spoken will come from you, Lord, and will touch lives to bring souls to Christ and to draw the believers closer to you. So now, Lord, we commit this time into your hands and just pray you'll lead us and guide us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. How we admire the obedience a dog shows to its master. Archibald Rutledge wrote one day that he met a, a man whose dog had just been killed by a forest fire. And we're very familiar with this here in California with all the fires we have had. Heartbroken, the man explained how it happened. Because he worked outdoors, he often took the dog with him. That morning, he left the dog in a clearing and gave him the command to stay and watch his lunch bucket while he went into the forest. His faithful friend understood, and that is exactly what he did. Then a fire started in the woods, and soon the blaze spread to the spot where the dog had been left. But he didn't move. He stayed right where he was, in perfect obedience to his master's word. With tearful eyes, the dog owner said, I have always had to be careful what I told him to do because I knew he would do it. You know, we learn a lot of lessons from dogs. They're very loyal. They're very obedient. They're called man's best friend. 
And we as Christians can learn many lessons from them. The title of our message today is Obedience When It Is Not Easy. Sometimes it's easy to be obedient to the Lord. He asks us to do something, we want to do it, it's easy to do, and there's no problem whatsoever. But at other times, it's more difficult. And when it gets difficult, that's when it really tests our faith and our obedience to the Lord. Will we obey when it's difficult? Someone once said, Where our captain bids us go, tis not ours to murmur, no. He gives the sword and shield, chooses to the battlefield, where we are to fight the foe. We're going to consider today the life of Joseph, the stepfather of Jesus, the husband of Mary. Oftentimes he's mentioned only around this time of year. He's only mentioned for a very short time in the scriptures, but his impact he had, the obedience that he had, was tremendous. And today we're going to look at three things about the life of Joseph from the book of Matthew, the Gospel according to Matthew. Number one, obedience can be difficult. Number two, obedience can be inconvenient. And number three, obedience can be unpleasant. May God bless the message to our hearts today. Obedience can be difficult. We read in Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 25, these beautiful words. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. You know, it wasn't easy for Jacob. He loved Mary very, very much. He didn't want to do anything to embarrass her or hurt her. He wanted to put her away secretly. He didn't want her shamed in front of family members, relatives, and the community. In today's society, People wouldn't even blink an eye if this happened, if someone got pregnant uh, before, the, before the marriage. 
They wouldn't even care. But in these days, it caused, would cause a major, major scandal. And an angel, likely Gabriel, we don't know for sure, he's not named, but Gabriel was the one that was appearing to Mary, and so it's most likely Gabriel. And in verses 20 and 21, it, tell, it says that as he thought about these things, he had many things on his mind when he went to bed that night. And the Lord is going to speak to his heart through a dream. In many cases in the Old Testament time period, which this, this was still part of the Old Covenant, the Old time period, the Lord spoke through visions. He spoke through dreams. He spoke to people in revelations. And that's what happened here with Joseph. The Lord did not let him go ahead with his own decision and put her away secretly like he was planning to do. The Lord intervenes. And when we have a willing heart and an obedient spirit and we want to do the will of God, the Lord will show us what we should do. He will not let us make the wrong decision. He will lead us in the right direction. And he wants us to have soft, willing, obedient hearts. And whatever he says to do, we do it. That's what Mary said at Cana of Galilee when Jesus performed the first miracle where he turned water into wine. He sa she said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. That's what obedience is all about. Whatever the Lord says to me, I need to do it. And Jesus was the obedient Son of God, and He teaches us by example how to be obedient ourselves. Throughout the Scripture, many men and women of God, many women of faith and men of faith, they obeyed God even when it was hard. Noah was told by God to build an ark. An ark that was going to take 120 years to build. He did it. His sons worked with him. They were mocked. They were scoffed at. They were reviled. What are you doing, Noah? What are you building out here in the middle of the desert? They had not even had rain in those days. A mist used to rise from the ground. So it was really strange for the people. And yet Noah obeyed God even when it was hard. Abraham obeyed God, and when God called him, he left behind his father's house and all his relatives and his high position within the, father, within the household, in the family. He left it all, going out not knowing where he was going, it tells us in Hebrews chapter 11. It wasn't easy for him to be obedient, but he did it. Ruth left behind her country, her relatives, her culture, her way of life, and she followed Naomi back to the land of Israel. And she became an Israelite. And she is now in the line of the Messiah. She, she's found in the Scriptures in, as part of the line of Christ. It's so amazing. It wasn't easy for them, but they did it. And sometimes it's not easy for us either. It's difficult. It's hard. It says of Jesus, our example, in Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 8, though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. 
This is one of the verses that totally blows my mind. The Lord Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, in what sense did he need to learn obedience? He learned obedience through the things that he suffered. He was so fully submitted and dedicated to the will of God that he went to the cross and he died for you and he died for me so that we might be saved and our sins forgiven and we be with him in heaven forever and ever. He's our example. Charles Stanley often says, Obey God and leave all the consequences to him. It's one of his principles that he speaks of many times. The consequences of obedience may be difficult, but the consequence of disobedience is far worse. This was the first step of obedience that Joseph had, was in verses 24 and 25. It says, Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife, and did not know her until she brought forth her firstborn son and called his name Jesus. Someone once said, the greatest test of life is obedience to God. Joseph passed his first test in the school of obedience to God. How are we doing in the school of obedience to God? Are we finding it hard to obey him? when things are difficult? Secondly, not only can obedience be difficult, but obedience can be inconvenient. The next thing that God asks of Joseph is that he take Mary and the baby Jesus and leave the land of Israel and go to the land of Egypt. It says in, verse, in Matthew chapter 2 and verses 13, to 15, it tells us, Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt I called my son. Imagine one day you're relaxed in the house, you're comfortable, the house is warm, uh, the family's all doing well, things are kind of calming down, and then all of a sudden, the angel of the Lord appears to him again and tells him, Joseph, you must leave the land of Israel, your homeland, and go to a foreign land, Egypt. That's where the Israelites were in bondage for over 400 years, in the land of Egypt. But that's what he did, and he was obedient to God. It's really a blessing. It wasn't convenient, definitely. They didn't have time to prepare for the trip. They didn't have time to pack for the trip. They didn't have time to advise the relatives that they were going to be leaving. 
It's almost like we have nowadays if somebody goes into the witness protection plan, uh, prote witness protection pro program. When they do, the FBI gives them a whole new identity and they, they completely disappear and they can't communicate with their families or friends anymore and they go off to a, to a new place and a new home never to be, to be seen again all because maybe the mob is, is after them, is going to kill them if they, if they do that. So, but here, they just up and leave. They disappear. One day they're here, the next day they're gone. What happened to Mary and Joseph and that baby Jesus that was born? They're gone. Where'd they go? Nobody knows. God knows. And the Lord knew that Joseph was an obedient man. He entrusted him with this very important mission because he knew he was obedient. God will always come through for the person who has a willing and obedient heart. He'll use that person. And he used Joseph here in a very major way. This was a life or death situation. Herod wanted to kill the baby Jesus. In fact, he went out and did. He killed all the little children, little boys, born in, the, in and around Bethlehem, around two years, two and a half years old, and, and put them all to death. But God protected our Lord Jesus Christ until the moment He went to the cross and died for us and then rose again. Satan wanted to kill Him before the cross. But that wouldn't work. That wasn't God's plan. God's plan was the cross for Him. And by His dying on the cross and bearing our sins, we have eternal life. We've been saved. So it was a life or death situation and, Jacob, and Joseph came through in this situation. And it was a blessing. He was an obedient man. And he did it right away. He didn't procrastinate it. He didn't obey part way which is partial disobedience is really disobedience. He did it all the way, and he did it right away. An interesting story is told of John Kenneth Galbraith in his autobiography, A Life in Our Times, which illustrates the devotion of Emily Gloria Wilson, his family's housekeeper. It had been a wearying day, and I had asked Emily to hold all telephone calls while I had a nap. Shortly thereafter, the phone rang. Lyndon Johnson, who was the president, was calling from the White House. Get me Ken Galbraith. This is Lyndon Johnson. Can you imagine if the president calls you on the phone and says, I want to speak to this guy right now. Amazing. Well, she says, I'm sorry, Mr. President, but he said not to disturb him. Well, Lyndon Johnson said, well, wake him up. I want to talk to him. No, Mr. President, I work for him. I don't work for you. When, the, when I called the president back, he could scarcely control his pleasure. He said, tell that woman I want her here in the White House because she was an obedient woman. She did what her employer said to do. He felt, we need more like this in Washington. Yes, when God tells us to do something, we better do it. The opposite of this happened in the case of King Saul. King Saul was told 
that he was to put to death all the Amalekites and he was to take all their sheep and all their animals, kill them all. But when the time came, he didn't do it. He killed the Amalekites, but he left Agag, the king of the Amalekites, alive. And he also took all the best of the sheep and the oxen and took it for the people. It was sad. He disobeyed the Lord and tried to say he was obedient, but he was really only partially obedient, which is disobedience. And it says in 1 Samuel chapter 15, verses 22 and 23, So Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you from being king. Yes, there's a high price to pay for disobedience, but there's a, a great blessing when we obey the Lord. When we say, Lord, I've counted the cost, I've made my decision, I am going to obey you, though I may not understand it, that I may not, it may be difficult, I'm going to do it, Lord. I will do it. So obedience can be difficult. Obedience can be inconvenient. And our third point today is obedience can be unpleasant. Once again, the Lord in Matthew chapter 2, verses 19 to 23 tells us how Joseph responds to this. It says, Now when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord, probably the same one and probably Gabriel, said, he appeared to him in a dream in, in, to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, take this young child and his mother and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the young child's life are dead. Then he arose, took the young child and his mother, and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea instead of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned by God in a dream, now this is time number four, fourth dream, fourth appearance of the angel, and he turned aside into the region of Galilee. And he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets, he shall be called a Nazarene. Oh, what a story. We don't know how long Mary and Joseph and Jesus were in Egypt. It could have been days, it could have been weeks, it could have been months, even maybe a couple of years. We don't really know for sure. The scripture doesn't tell us. But we know one thing. God has a perfect timing for it. And Joseph was not going to move out of Egypt back to Israel prematurely. He was going to go back in God's timing, not in his timing. And it was so encouraging to see him wait upon the Lord. In the Old Testament, they had it pretty easy in some respects, in an aspect of guidance, because in the daytime, there was a pillar of cloud, and in the evening time, there was a pillar of fire. And when the pillar of cloud stopped, the people stopped and camped. And when 
the people were to move, that pillar of cloud would move, and then they would move. And if it was in the evening time, the pillar of fire would move, then they would move. And they stayed in one place, sometimes a long time, sometimes a short time, but they would not move from that place until the pillar of cloud moved or the pillar of fire moved. And so too, Joseph was not going to move until God moved him, until God showed him what to, when to do it. Yes, obedience to God is doing His will, and it's the best path for us to take. Someone once said, He faileth not, for He is God. He faileth not, He's pledged His word. He faileth not, He'll see you through this God with whom you have to do. Yes, God knows our hearts. He knows when to move us and when to stop us and keep us in a place He wants us to be in. You know, it wasn't pleasant, though. It wasn't a pleasant situation. They, they were probably just settled in in Egypt, and now they had to move out of there and go back. But it was back to their homeland, and so it was a, a great blessing. And it wasn't easy for Moses, for example, to be obedient to God. Remember the time when God told him, speak to the rock and water will come out to give to the people to drink. But what did he do? He got angry with the people and he didn't speak to the rock. He struck the rock in anger. And God said, Moses, you cannot go into the promised land. It really makes me so sad because for his whole life he was such an obedient, godly prophet and man of God and was so close to the Lord. But because of this indiscretion, he couldn't go into the promised land. But we realize that when it was a very important lesson that you speak to the rock, not you strike the rock, and to give the people the right impression. And so he couldn't go in. And God says, I'm going to let you see the land with your eyes, but you cannot go in. Must have been very hard for Moses. Yes, obedience can be unpleasant at times. Sometimes the Lord may ask you to talk to somebody and you have to say, share with them some, some challenging words. You have to, to uh, lay it all out on the line and be very frank and honest with them. And you know it's going to hurt them, but you do it because it's God's will. And sometimes obedience can be unpleasant. And when they decided to go back to Nazareth, that was an important decision. And Nazareth in those days did not exactly have a good reputation. In fact, it was the opposite. And Nathaniel mentions this in John chapter 1 and verse 46 about, about Nazareth. And he says this, And Nathaniel said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said, come and see. You know, Nazareth had a bad reputation. It had a bad connotation. When you said the word Nazareth, it just made people cringe because it had such a bad reputation. But the Lord decided that that's where he was going to be from, that he would be called a Nazarene, as in the words of the prophet. Yes, 
We even have stigmas today on certain people and certain places and certain jobs and things like that that have negative connotations to them. Well, Nazareth had a very negative connotation. But Joseph obeyed God and left all the consequences to the Lord. After this early period of time in the life of Joseph, he's not mentioned again. It's amazing. Bible scholars have concluded, and I'm sure rightfully so, that it's true that Joseph must have died younger because he's not mentioned. Mary is mentioned. All his brothers, all Jesus' half-brothers are mentioned. Many of whom did not believe in him in the beginning, but later on became great apostles and servants of Christ and went on to serve the Lord wonderfully. But Joseph is not mentioned. He's, he's strangely not there. But you know what it shows to me? God can raise up a man or He can raise up a woman to do His will for that moment in history and have a great impact, though the life of that person may be very short. The same exact thing happened with John the Baptist. He was very young, and he was put into prison because he preached against Herod for having his brother Philip's wife, Herodias. And Herod ended up killing him. We know how uh, the daughter of Herodias danced and he promised to give her whatever she wanted up to half of his kingdom and she danced and he had to honor that and so he put to death John the Baptist. Well, John the Baptist was the same way. God raised him up for a purpose to baptize the Lord Jesus Christ, to proclaim repentance to the people, to call all of Israel and when they said, are you the Messiah? He said, no, I'm the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the ways of the Lord. There's one coming after me. I'm not worthy to bow down and unclasp his sandal. Yes, John the Baptist was such a blessing. And he, he knew his place. He knew his mission. And he knew that that was what God wanted him to do. So he was obedient. God does not look at the quantity of our lives, but at the quality of our lives. Some people may live long lives, some people may live short lives, but it's what we do with the life that God gives us. Have we been obedient to Him? Are we being obedient to Him? Will we be obedient to Him all the way through the end? Yes, God is so good. So in conclusion this morning, we need to obey God when it is not easy. By doing this, we will glorify the Lord. It is easier to obey when we want to do it, when it's easy for us, but when it's more challenging and more difficult, it's more difficult to obey. But Joseph did it. And the angel spoke to him four times in a dream. And every single time all along the way, he did God's will perfectly. Can you imagine how the Christmas story would have changed? Had Joseph, even one of those times, said, I can't do it. It's too much for me. I'm out of here. He would have lost a great blessing. God would have raised somebody up to take his place. And Mary 
Mary, 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 right? And they would, and the story would have gone on, and it would have taken place, and the things would have happened. But Joseph would have missed the greatest blessing. And so many times we miss blessings in our lives when we're not obedient. And we want to be obedient to the Lord in all things. And there are times when it's going to be inconvenient to be obedient, that there are going to be interruptions, there's going to be disruptions, Uh, we're going to have to do things on the fly, we're going to have to be spontaneous, and that's exactly what Joseph did. When they packed up and moved to Egypt, when they then packed up in Egypt and moved back to Israel, all along the way, God said it, and he obeyed. Just like that little song says, God said it, and I believe it, and that settles it for me. God said it, and I believe it, and that settles it for me. Though some may doubt that his word is true, I've chosen to believe it, now how about you? God said it, and I believe it, and that settles it for me. I can't wait to get to heaven and meet Joseph and say to him, Joseph, you've been a blessing to my life. You showed me that obedience, simple obedience is what you want from me. That's what you require. Not great education, not great success in this world, not notoriety, not any of these things, not riches or material things. You just want me to be a simple, humble believer. May the Lord help us to obey Him even when it's unpleasant, even when it's difficult, even when it's inconvenient. May the Lord help us. Let us obey God, whether it's difficult or easy, whether it's inconvenient or convenient, whether it's unpleasant or pleasant, whether it's in season or out of season. May the Lord help us to be believers who obey God and leave all the consequences to Him. Shall we just close in a word of prayer? Our Heavenly Father, we thank You for Joseph. We thank You for his willingness, for his obedience, for his faithfulness. And Lord, I can't wait to meet him when we get to heaven. He's such a blessing, Lord. Oftentimes we don't speak of Joseph except around this time of year. But Lord, his mission that he fulfilled was so tremendous that we can all learn from his obedience, Lord. So dismiss us with your blessing, Lord. Help us to have a wonderful Lord's Day a wonderful Christmas day, Christmas season. Help us, Lord, to rejoice in the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we just thank you and praise you, Lord, in Jesus' precious name. Amen.